0: Welcome to the Max 6 Community Connections radio show and podcast with your hosts Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. Max 6 builds better communities where people and businesses thrive. We are broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, and will be shining a light on the incredible stories of businesses we work with and how they are serving our broader community. And here is this week's Community Connection. We are inside the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center, 150,000 square feet of space, including traditional, non-traditional private office suites and a variety of co-working office space solutions and a unique co-manufacturing space, all in service to growth-oriented entrepreneurs, startups, and mid-market enterprise businesses. Today, we have Yong Lee, the president and owner of Rev77, and hopefully answers to why someone would start a digital marketing company. Among many other things. Uh, Jen, first, good to see you.
1: Hello. Welcome, Yang.
0: Welcome, Young. Yeah. So, first, Young, tell us uh, a little about yourself. Maybe where did you grow up? How did you get from there to here? I grew up in Florida. So, way back when, I grew up in uh,
2: Panhandle, Florida. So, it's like a Panama City. It's the, oh, there's a phrase I want to say, but it's probably not community-friendly phrase. Please, please. (laughs) feel free. Can I? Okay, it's a Redneck Revere. Uh, (laughs) Panama City Beach is known for the Girls Gone Wild, and I was part of that from the sideline, not filming, just for the record. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so I grew up out there, went to school in Gainesville. So I lived all over the Florida. And then after I graduated, Motorola back in the day was Mm -hmm. the one of those crazy companies that was really well known in uh, Phoenix, Arizona area, and they uh, were crazy enough to offer me pretty good salary at the time. So, as a software engineer, out of the, straight out of college, I moved out here, and I really, really liked the area. So, I just settled here and I lived here forever.
0: A little less gone wild in Arizona. Eh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: So interesting. My both my mom and my stepfather um, worked for Motorola, and my grandmother worked on the line building little semiconductor chips. Mm. Um before that. So yeah, Motorola had a long history here.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean back in the day it was like a twenty some a thousand employees that used to uh uh out in the Phoenix area. And then now I think there's maybe a handful, if yeah. that
0: a few left.
1: I yeah. remember going to uh, Bring Your Kid to Work Day there and they had like video conferencing. We were talking with Kyle's father the other day about how crazy video conferencing was when the technology first came, and they like webcast the CEO from of Motorola at the time from Austin, I think, right? And it was like a big Bang and I, I really, my parents were in finance and I realized I don't want to go in finance. And so that was the, the experience for me. But Motorola played a big part of, of my childhood. So it's interesting. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Part of the reason here today, talk about uh, Rev 77 your business. What do you guys do? So we are
2: a digital marketing agency. So we uh, work with a lot of small, medium, and even the enterprises out in the, uh, all over the U.S., and we also work with a lot of business partners. So they are the one who are making the sales out in the field. And then we help them fulfill some of those orders. So we have a two lines of business where we work directly with a company like Max 6, where we are providing the SEO services. And then we also work with other companies that are out there. But they're our channel partners in a way. And they're the one who is making the sale. And then we are the one who is fulfilling those orders. So we provide um whole gamuts of uh, uh, digital marketing services, such as uh, building the websites, SEO, uh, search engine optimization, as well as the uh, pay-per-click. So mm-hmm. Google ads and uh, social media management. So anything, everything to do with the marketing and we do it all.
0: Very cool.
1: Yeah, it's like for those of us who are not in the day-to-day, it's like the magic that happens behind the scenes to get people to your website that everyone kind of peripherally knows that we need. But it's like so overwhelming as a business owner, I think of like, what do I need to do? Um, What is it? So is there a brief explanation of like the power or importance of SEO and why it's good for your business?
2: So from an SEO perspective, um, it's the way people find you, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, everyone knows about MEX6 as an example, um, but for those who may not know, mm-hmm. um, they're not gonna search for utilizing some of the key phrases such as Max Six, which is a branded name, right?
1: Right.
2: Um, so they're gonna looking for coworking space. But if your website do not have it, if it doesn't have information that's relevant to co-working space, as well as some of the keywords as close to that content, mm. then chances are it's not gonna rank properly. So which means that Google will not know how to find the information for the searchers. Mm-hmm. So way to kind of think about it is one, organizing the information that's relevant to your business and then make sure that structure is well structured on your website. Mm-hmm. So that when the Google crawls your website, they know what's what and they know what your website is about. And then once they crawl it, index it, and people search, then they're going to find the information for you. So that entire mm-hmm. process by which finding those right traffic for your website is essentially the SEO. So it's very important. In yeah. some ways.
1: What's the biggest mistake you see when you start to work with small business owners? Like what, what's the mistake um, that they make?
2: They always have a guy. Right? <laughs> they always That's have a right. guy that knows how to do ABC or XYZ and what have you. And those guys t- happens to be, you know, like a, buzzword pickup here and there. So mm-hmm. they kind of know how to speak the language, but reality is that they don't know what they're doing. So because they trust this guy that they have and they think everything will, is working fine, but reality is that it really doesn't and it does take a lot of effort. So mm-hmm. if you would just kind of think about it from dealing with the Facebook and, and Google of the world, they hire the best software engineers out there in the world. Mm-hmm. For you to think that just that this guy can figure out how this stuff work and just make it work overnight, it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. And it's changing frequently, right? Absolutely.
0: So that that reminds me of a question I've been curious about. I made a joke in a meeting with our team this last week with my dad. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) we were talking about marketing techniques and what he did with his engineering company. And I looked (laughs) at him and said, yeah, but what did you guys do on Facebook? (laughs) (laughs) So... Even from the time that you started in your career, I mean, you have to have seen massive shifts in the importance of Facebook, what Google's doing, what to do, what not to do. Like, what are some of the trends that you've seen even over the last year or two? I'm sure there's things changing every day.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say the biggest thing would be um, over the years, there's always like the people that are trying to cheat the system and they have done it successfully. Um, And they call that in the industry, they call that black hat. A lot of those things have been eliminated. Otherwise, there's still people out there who are trying to cheat the system. Um, But what we're trying to do is we're trying to stick with the play by the rules, so to speak, and focus on the right content. So at the end of the day, people are looking for the right information. And if you have the right content and right information, they're going to Google will find your content and they're going to present it. Why? Because Google in the business of, one, organizing the information. And then two, providing the experience that these, their searchers are looking for because if the searchers are not finding the information they're looking for, Google goes out of business. So they're going to always find a ways to do that portion of the job better. To do so, if you have the original content, that content does not exist anywhere else in the world, chances are Google will recognize that and they're going to rank you much, much higher than any other garbage content that are out there.
0: That, I mean, we talk about conscious capitalism around here a lot and really there's we could talk about that for you know a year and never really get through all the topics but all it is is a long-term approach to business instead of a short-term call it playing by the rules but if you're putting junk content out and getting a lot of clicks that nobody cares about what's the point nobody's going to stick around so that makes a lot of sense that you put the right stuff out you do it the right way you're going to have customers, repeat customers, and people that actually care about what you're saying. I I mean,
2: that's a really good point because sometimes we work with some of our clients and they show us the report that they got it from other companies or the guy. And it shows like Mm -hmm. a number one in, you know, like if I search for XYZ term, then we show up in the first place on the Google uh, search engine page, search results page. Um, But the problem is if you look at the next layer of a, a, a report, how many traffic did it really generate from those keywords? It's nothing,
0: mm-hmm. right? Yeah,
2: sure. So you have to rank for the right keywords and, and that's are relevant to your business. But chances are people know how to cheat the system as well as they know how to cheat their client. And that's really the thing that we have to look out for. But most small business owners, as well as even the larger ones, they just don't pay attention to those details. And that's where the gotchas happens.
0: Here mm-hmm. It's a shared value, max six and rev 77. Don't cheat the system. That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> we play by the rules. Um, I think you said something that stuck out to me, though, is um, unique content. Like that's the key for Google. And so for small business owners, like, you know, like work, one of the things we do is a co-working space. Well, that's not unique. So how do you generate unique content that's going to really help you stand out in the rankings if that makes sense if that's
2: it does um i would say just understanding what you do and not so much worry about what people might be searching for so Mm -hmm. you have to look at those keywords that are relevant to your business Mm -hmm. as well as to what people are searching for so utilizing some of those keyword topics and then talk about how you might be different some of your key differentiators Mm -hmm. and that's how you end up generating unique content right because Ultimately, the culture that Max 6 has and promotes, as well as the community that it it serves, it is very different from its competitor. So when you combine some of those how people search, as well as meaning the keywords, along with how you do the why you do certain things, which is very unique. Mm -hmm. When you combine those two, three different things together, you're going to end up creating a unique content naturally.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That also feels like... I'm so thankful there are people like you in your company because it's like so overwhelming that to have somebody kind of guide you through, like, this is how you do it. Um, it's for a couple of reasons. So, you know, you, there's websites that you've been to that like they try to just cram like keywords in mm-hmm. weird places and you're like, this isn't authentic kind of what you're talking about. Um, but when you read content that makes sense, that's valuable, and you're able to articulate your differentiator, that's just good business, anyways. But then to work with someone like you to be able to, for people to find it is is powerful.
2: Yeah. So the only thing that I would correct you on oh, is yeah. the, not to work with the people like me, is the people like my team members. Oh, okay. They're the experts.
1: <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Spoken like a true leader.
2: Hey, they're the one who's making stuff uh, happen, it's not me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, what prompted the shift from, you know, being an employee to being a business owner? What like pushed you off that ledge to create your own business? Um,
2: actually, I... It wasn't not my choice to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in the day, this was like a latter half of 2018. Um, I got a pink slip, so my employees and and that are currently working with me at Rep 77 and I all got laid off mm. for one reason or another. Um, but that led to because the company, the previous company that we all used to work for, they pivoted. They decided to uh, discontinue some of the product and services that we used to offer. And they decided to only focus on things that they're really good at, which, by the way, is the right strategy, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I supported that. Um, but that led to, uh, you know, all of us getting laid off and I had to mm-hmm. lay up a ton of uh, employees, which wasn't a fun experience. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: but at the same time, you know, that uh, gave me an opportunity to start this company in a sense that, you know, at the same time, because they discontinued a bunch of product and services, You know, I had an idea of like, what if I just hire some of my employees and offer the same exact services Mm -hmm. uh, because we're getting rid of this business anyway. So we did exactly that. So I pull my team together into the room and say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. If you want to do it, come with me. If not, no hard feelings. (laughs) I get it. But they're crazy and dumb enough to uh, jump uh, jump into it. And and we started together. And uh Fast forward a year and a half and uh, yeah we've been doing really well so yeah that's the real silver lining underneath the uh, getting the pink slip so to speak
0: Had you done anything like this before or I mean it it takes a certain personality to not just jump off the bridge and build the wings on the way down but to not just stand there and say, Holy shit, I'm about to jump. I mean... What- oh, are we allowed to say shit? I like that. <laughs>
1: That's good.
0: <laughs> now you just open up the whole,
1: <laughs> whole vocabulary <laughs> for me. I like that.
2: But no, I mean, it really was a... So I'm not a... You know, I'm, you know, by training or, or by uh, uh, education, rather. I'm a software engineer. So by definition, I'm not a risk taker whatsoever. So, you know, I don't pretend to be an entrepreneur either. Uh, not like your dad. Where I don't, uh, uh, so taking me, taking a risk and starting my own company, I mean, that's not, it's not my part of my DNA. But this was just the the right thing to do at the time, just because the fact that I really wanted to keep my team together for one. Um, So that's the main reason why I started the company. And it was just the, you know, right opportunity. So that's the reason I started. And, you know, I think that it was a quite a bit of transition in a sense that I didn't know Uh, what it's going to be like. So I knew how to run a company because I've done it. So I'm an operator, I'm an engineer, I understand the products and I used to be a business development person. So I used to, I know how to like read a contract, deal, you know, negotiating and all that stuff. It's all easy. But I didn't know how to run a company. I didn't know how to be a boss, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I struggle with the most, to be honest, is the, is not having a manager and not having that really well-defined structure mm-hmm. that I've been working under for past 20 years. That's been the biggest uh, uh, issue for me because one day I just kind of realized, like, oh, shit, like, I don't have a boss anymore. Like, what do I do? It's mm-hmm. like I, as a leader, I knew what type of a, a goals that I need to set for Rep. 77 and how to manage my team and everything else. But how to manage myself without that, that well-defined structure, not having a boss and everything else, that was like, really a really struggle for me. And that was really hard because I did not realize how much having that boss or having that that manager mm-hmm. and guide me. So I was like lucky enough to report on the uh, CEO in the last uh, two companies or so. So, you know, I had a full visibility into how the company is operating, how well things are doing, and I had a very strong leader. So they guide me through it. And now that I didn't have that, I didn't know what to do. So I was actually... Um, depressed for a little while. Mm. I actually thought about quitting um, after about three, four months uh, start after starting my company, interesting enough. And uh, because it was really hard. It was, uh, it wasn't easy.
1: They talk a lot about that and um, that, you know, it's lonely at the top and that CEOs, there's someone in our community, Andy Maurer, I think, works with executives and, mm. and CEOs on mental health for CEOs because, you know, you're managing down so much, then there's like Mm -hmm. nobody for you and you have to be the strong person. You have to be the one with the answer. You have to be the strategy guy. I'm looking at Kyle too, because I'm sure you feel this at some levels as well. And so he really works on like, what self-care are you doing? Like, who are your mentors? How do you surround yourself with others who can relate? Because you can't necessarily, although there are some leaders, but you can't go to your team and be like, I'm having a terrible day, like this is going wrong and this is breaking and this. I mean, there's vulnerability is is a great leadership create characteristic, but on some level, like if you're not with your peers, you know, that doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense. So um, I think you're not alone in that that struggle. But so how did you kind of pull yourself out of that?
2: Um, you know, it's like one of those things where I, one, I recognized it, um, because there was a few times where, um, you know, for those individuals or the friends that who know me, like they know that I'm not a kind of person who get depressed or have uh, anxiety or stressed out and those kind of things because I'm pretty well, I do really well on those kind of situations. But in this particular case, I re- recognize the fact that it was a little different because there were a few times where I was literally sitting in the office, suite 126,
0: um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got, uh, I had a, almost like an anxiety attack and I had to just get out. So I got in my car. I just rode around the town. I did that actually several times. And that's mm-hmm. when I realized, oh shit, like this is for real. Like I need to do something about this. So I reached yeah. out to some of my previous mentors and some of the people that I respect and some of the business leaders. And they're the CEOs and then the owner of the company themselves. So I spoke with them. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, this one guy just basically told me, dude, like you're professionally depressed. I'm like, what do you mean? It's mm-hmm. like, it's actually a term. It's like you know, you're at the job, you're not satisfied with your job and and you need to do something about that because that could really turn into something bad. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized that. And and then I struggled through that for about, I don't know, like two, three weeks, about a month or so. And then um, one day I just kind of woke up and it's just one of those, uh, you know, one of those moments that you just kind of like a light bulb just goes into your head and it's like, God, like I'm so stupid. Um, (laughs) Because I realized that instead of trying to find a new boss, like, that my customers are my bosses. Mm-hmm. Like my partners, my business partners are my bosses. Like mm-hmm. it's such a cliche to thing to say when somebody says like, you know, oh, like you, we are a customer-centric company, right? But people say it all the time. I mean, shit, mm-hmm. like I used to say it all the time too. <laughs> but I literally did not know what that really meant until that actually happened. And then once mm-hmm. I realized that I need to shift my focus to my new bosses, my clients and people mm-hmm. that I work for, and taking pressure off of their shoulders so that I can solve problems for them. And that's when I kind of like refocused as to like what I really want to do and how I want to shift my company. Mm-hmm. And it was a kind of an interesting journey through that point and after just because our monthly billing uh, revenue-wise increased tremendously after that. Mm. Because uh, I started building a trust with my partners as well as so they're selling more for us, mm-hmm. as well as the clients that we are used to work with, some of the larger ones. So instead of shifting their marketing budget to another company, they're sending it to us. Hmm. Uh, because that I built that trust and I made them look good.
1: Right? Yeah, of course.
2: And that's something that I was really good at when I work in a corporate environment is taking pressure. I used to say taking monkey off of my boss's back and put it on mine because uh, I can handle
1: it it's a good strategy. Um,
2: yeah, so that, that if, worked out really well.
1: Yeah.
0: That's an amazing insight. Yeah. yeah. That's would you if you could go back and change anything, would you? Or would you still go through it and just wake up one day with that epiphany here? Or-
2: um well, if I knew that from the beginning, I would have definitely done it a little different. <laughs> <laughs> I would have probably drank a little less around that time. <laughs> um but, but yeah, I mean, you know, it it's a it's a it's a, it's definitely an interesting journey for one and I would say When people, you know, the business leaders that are out there, when they said uh, the like how importance of being a customer centric company, at least like now I get it. Like I know what that means. Sure.
1: Yeah. And it speaks to the power of just mindset, right? You just shifted the way you thought about something and then you saw tangible. Results and mm-hmm. and Kyle and I get in, um, caught up in this as well. Is like we say a lot of things that are cliches as well. But when you truly mean it and it comes from an authentic place and you can show and demonstrate why, I think it's really powerful. But sometimes even in our writing, we get caught up in like everyone says this, which probably is right. some feedback that you have for us and in, in some of our content. <laughs> but when you really mean it and you get it, um, it it's powerful and lands an mm-hmm. audience for sure.
0: One more it's a curiosity question about this progress um, journey you're going through that you've been through how much of it was visible for your employees and mm-hmm. do they see now the like wow progression of where we were to where we are today I mean were they experiencing any of this with you
2: um no so <laughs> that's a really good question yes. um so during um you can tell like I'm kind of uncomfortable just with that question uh, because I'm like shifting my bodies around and stuff. (laughs) But um, no, because um, I, I mean, just like Jen said earlier, right, like it it is a lonely at the top. And one of the lessons that I learned is that you have to be very transparent and you have to be in an open communication with your employees and everything else. But at the same time, there's, you know, moments in time where you kind of have to internalize it and you have to kind of think things through because otherwise, you know, that, that creates a little bit of fear. Um, because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not something that they can control either, right? So yeah. they do know now, because I share with them about three, four months later, mm-hmm. um, I did let them know that, hey, like I literally just grafted out. I said, hey, here's my mental state <laughs> 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 at the peak, at the bottom, <laughs> and then I'm climb, climbing it back up. And oh, I share right. a lot of that stuff. So they know everything that I have gone through. Um, but at the time, no, I definitely did not. And something I also learned during the process was that, Yet another cliche thing, which is that people always say you got you have to have a good supporting staff, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to have like top, top employees that is really helping you and, and this and that. Um, one thing I did realize is that I thought I had that, um, but everyone has a different perspectives. Um, and their perspectives going to be, and meaning the priorities and their, what's important to them versus me and, mm-hmm. and the company and those kind of things is going to be always very, very different only way to be on the same page like really be on the same page would be to over communicate and really let them know what's going on so since that point I have been actually since the day one um, at least from a financial side of things I share you know everything with my employees so they know exactly some of the, the cash flow issues or challenges or whatever we're going through so they know exactly what's mm-hmm. happening so that I don't have to explain to them as to hey like can you just use a little less napkins over there (laughs) so that we all have a right uh, attitude or the right perspective on things. But, you know, so those are some of the things that I had to realize, but it's not easy though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great learning. And and what I've heard from other leaders is when you do open your books or you are more transparent, people kind of rally around because they have that context that they mm. need. So, like, they're in it with you, right? So, they are using less napkins or kind of finding more ways to be resourceful. Do you see that with your team as you've shared more information with them?
2: Absolutely. I mean, that's why they're still here and that's why I treat them like my family. Yeah. And they know I do. I think they do. Mm. Um, but I'm also one of those uh, tough dad. <laughs> and boss where I don't tell them I love them every day. Mm. Because uh when I do tell them, like I want it to mean something. Mm-hmm. Um so this is one of those uh, uh situations where I don't praise them that often, but at least I'm doing it indirectly in well shit, like publicly right now. Yeah, so yeah, like my go. team's awesome. And
1: they're all <laughs> listening right now. Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: So well, get. I'd like to get back to more, you know, questions about the business and who you serve. But just to go on that a little bit, do you do you have something that you would consider a way to describe your culture? Here's what our culture is. I mean, you, it sounds like you've got at least analogies to you. you've got this tough dad leadership, and when you say something, it means something. But it, it sounds like you've got a team that is able to rally around this concept you're building and really, you know, put themselves into it in their lives.
2: Yeah, I would say. Um we two things I would say. Like a one would be um we really do give a shit about what we do. So I actually took this one, that phrase from my last boss, uh Tim Fagan, who um you know, someone that I really got to know really well through the over the years, um as well as the you know, in a way he was a good mentor to me as well. And some of the things that he's used to say all the time is, you know, it's like uh, the the difference will be between person who gives a shit and don't give a shit is the fact that people who give a shit really go above and beyond what they do and they really care they get really passionate about it right and I kind of pull that playbook out of his and put it into ours and that we make sure that one we give a shit and then we talk about like why we actually do give a shit right and that really is a different thing and then that is because our foundation is built on um, almost like a family-like culture. Uh, In a sense that, you know, the the analogy that I always use would be that, you know, let's say if you are walking in your office or hallway or something and there's a piece of paper uh, fall on the floor, would you stop and pick it up and toss it in the garbage or would you just walk past it wall? this was your home? Of course, you're going to pick it up no matter who dropped it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you, you're not talking to my wife, then. <laughs> 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 but, but in the
2: office space area or, or at work, no one's going to do that, right? Unless there's somebody watching, then, then yeah, I'm going to do it because I want the recognition and so on. So I, that's something that I kind of talk about all the time and, um, and repeatedly. And I think the, our team gets it. But again, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about the, the having the same perspective, it's not easy. It does take a lot of time. It's not something that you can just tell them, oh, this is my culture and this is the culture of Rev 77 and let's go with it. Right. Like you have to like repeatedly do it over and over and over communicate. Otherwise, they're just not going to get it. Right. Nor would they care, really.
1: Yeah. Building culture is consistent daily activity, right? Absolutely. Always marching towards your values and demonstrating it. It's not something. And I, I love your approach because… You know, it, it really is a holistic view. It can't be a top-down, like, this is our culture. This is what we're doing. Um, and providing that context really helps people buy in and understand. Um, So sorry, Kyle, I'm going to go work for Young now. <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. <Neither do> I. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about digital marketing, so maybe I don't have a job. Okay. Neither do I, <laughs> <laughs> How is that, actually? That is a really interesting, like, so for such a technical... Business, mm-hmm. like when you have experts, like personally, I have controlled issues and I'm owning that. Um, so, like to have employees who know so much about something so technical that's so core to my business and not being able to like completely understand it, which maybe you do understand it. I, I don't know, but yeah. like, how is that?
2: Um, so one would be, you know, I don't have a, just a guy. Like I have a people that know what they're doing mm-hmm. and. If you can re- reference, if you remember my disk assessment, mm-hmm. um, I'm all about the quality. I'm all about the details, yes. right? And because I do have that engineering background, understanding technology, understanding how things work is pretty easy for me. Yeah. So while I may not be creative enough um, to come up with a a slogan or, mm-hmm. you know, drawing a logo for someone or come up with a, you know, killer design for a website. So I don't do those kind of work because I just can't. I just don't have that part of the brain sure however understanding like how things work and um, understanding how google operates and facebook and how those algorithm may operate and Mm. those kind of things i do get those so when i have a good coach which will be my employees teaching me how stuff works uh, and then me technical aspect of it and i also know how to Dumb it down, for the lack of better words. When sure. I'm speaking to some of my audience, which will be business owners and sometimes the VP of marketing, <laughs> yes. CMOs and such, <laughs> you know that i was something that I always been good at that because I know how to do that part. Like I, we don't have any salesperson mm-hmm. that's in within my company. Like I'm the only real sales guy per se.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so because of those things, um, I can actually learn and I know how things work. And if I don't, then I'll just sit there and do some googling myself mm-hmm. and. Learn how things work, mm-hmm. and then I ask uh, questions to my employees, and they'll figure it out for me.
1: Interesting. So you have a good grasp on the technical piece. It's the creative, which I think you have some creativity in you. I'm sure. I don't know. About that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's just so interesting. Um, uh, so I'm thinking like five things at uh, at one time. Um, but if we transition a little bit speaking about your team culture and being a business owner um, for all of us, what like March, the world changed, right? Mm-hmm. And we were all on some level greatly impacted or impacted um, with COVID-19. What impact do you see in your business? If any, how, how have you been surviving? I don't even know how to frame this question. How have you been surviving? Yeah. COVID?
2: Um, a couple different ways. So, Back in mid-March, um, two of our largest client called me same day and canceled. Um, just because, uh, you know, I mean, they're into digital marketing, right? When the business, uh, you know, we're in the business of uh, marketing things. And two of our biggest clients happens to be um, pretty large uh, healthcare care providers. So um, they own a bunch of hospitals, both uh, organizations do. Um, So naturally, they're starting to focus more on the fighting COVID-19, not necessarily trying to market and trying to get the orthopedic surgeries done or back surgeries Mm. and, and bariatrics and those kind of things. So they no longer need to market those services. So literally like a same day, I got two phone calls back to back and they're pausing everything. Did so, you get
1: in your car and drive around?
2: <laughs> that time, I actually did not. I just punched the wall. I'm just <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it wasn't a fun mo- a month, I guess. The entire month of March was uh, kind of interesting. But yeah. luckily, we do have other part of the business. So it wasn't like our business and solely on Google Ads. So we do have a SEO, which mm-hmm. you know by definition is something that you have to just keep going, not something pause and go again and pause and go, not like a, a pay per click side of things. Um, so that side of the business we're doing really well still, um, and even those. Um, uh, so I would say, you know, to answer your question, past couple of months been very interesting, very hard, mm-hmm. and because we also gone through some issues with uh, trying to get some help from government, the PPP mm-hmm. uh, loan program, like that didn't really work for us. Oh. So we have been kind of sort of like on our own uh, mm-hmm. in that regards. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, making long story sure, short, like we survived because yeah. of other businesses that are out there and. Luckily, we didn't put all of our eggs eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. So that allowed us to, uh, um, I wouldn't say, first quarter of 2020, we're thriving with the growth and growing super fast. So that slowed down tremendously. Sure. But we are now getting a phone calls so again from previous clients that we we're working with. Um, because now we're just getting ready to get back into things. Most likely, I would guess, like an end of third quarter, fourth quarter time.
1: Nice, and from all the reports I've seen and the um, economic reports that've been coming out, like online shopping is like the the one Mm -hmm. thing that's been increasing. So potentially, you know, more customers are really looking for your services. So hopefully, that would be good news. So one thing that I appreciated, uh, we got to know each other a little bit through Zoom, like everybody going through this pandemic. Um, And you were a part of our, our five part leadership series. Is there anything not to put you on the spot? But is there anything that um, was helpful for you in that series or what was your takeaway? Um, if you can remember, it was a couple months ago.
0: It was a couple months ago.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to frame this so it's not just putting you on the spot. But I'm just curious if you or if you have any feedback about it. Um, because I really enjoyed it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure what everybody else really felt about it.
2: Yeah. No, I, I would say the things that I learned and I think that I liked about it. One it would be. Um, shamefully, uh, learning more about our community members through the process. Yeah. Right? So I met through a Zoom uh, meeting, conference uh, uh, calls, I guess. Um, started learning a little more of uh, people's names and, and, yeah. and so on because I'm not a, the most outgoing guy in the community. So I don't stop and chat with people because mm-hmm. I'm very, like, go in it. So I just get my water, <laughs> coffee, boom, I go back.
1: Okay.
2: Gotta go, um, yep. That's right. I um, get it. Yeah, so the, that was, I would say, the the, the the one takeaway. And then the other one would be just learning about how to kind of think through like a, whether it's empathy or other things, meaning like a, interact with your employees or understanding yourself too. Because we yeah. all took that assessment and how to read those assessments and how to apply those to um, within my side of the business and with my employees too. Because uh, my, a couple of my employees did took those tests and they yeah. were so participating in it and I got to read their uh, I, I already knew a lot about them, mm-hmm. but that just kind of gave me more insights mm-hmm. as to what make them tick, if you will. Yeah. And I really like that aspect of it because I, I love those kind of tests. Yeah,
0: I remember when we first started doing those assessments and my sister was working with me at the time. Mm-hmm. And we, we both took them and I just remember looking at each other like, oh (laughs) that's why (laughs) that's why you're like that and it like like you said you I know this person I've known this person my whole Mm -hmm. life but you see I don't know I guess some of it's just articulated confirmation of other stuff but some of it's like wow I never knew that's why you were motivated in that way and that's why you say something in that way that is because you really believe in a different way than I do which is super cool Mm -hmm. and I'm glad that we know that now so we're not you know, beating each other up and sibling rivalry <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But yeah.
1: to give you an example, so Kyle really enjoys confrontation hmm. as a way of communication. His sister is the exact opposite. opposite, and it was however many years old you guys were when you just learned this. So you can only imagine their childhood. It would
0: be it was, exciting. It was a good times. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. So there are presumably other companies that are out there that do variations of what you do. Absolutely. Thousands of them. What Mm -hmm. makes you different? What makes Rev 77? I mean, as you're, as we're seeing the economy pick up, or even if it's whatever the online sales are still going like crazy Mm -hmm. and a new healthcare provider or somebody else comes to you, what makes them go with you?
2: Yeah. Um, I would say this, right? So, um, whether it's us or another company, like another like competitor, or whoever, at the end of the day, we are all um, utilizing similar system, meaning we're getting an impression share from Google, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. And, you know, there's a few other uh, variations of uh, platforms that are out there that where we get the traffic from. So in terms of like the techni- technical aspect of things, like there's only so much you can do. Yes, there's a ton of stuff. If you especially know like, what you're doing, you're not going to see the whole lot of variation between company number A who knows what they're doing versus company number two who also knows what they're doing. Difference then becomes people that you're interacting with, right? So, you know, do they ask the right question? Do they really try to understand your business and your goal for the 2020 or 2021 and where you're trying to get to? Um, How, because I'm really big on motivation, like motive, um, as to, Clearly, if a sales guy, gal, salesperson, wants to make a sale, they, they're motivated by one thing and one thing only, which is uh, they want you to sign the dotted line so that they can get their commission and they move to the next spot or next target. Whereas people that are on the operation side of things, they're motivated by efficiency because that's how they're being measured. So I'm big on the how people are being measured and why people are being measured that way and because of that ultimately motivates them. And if I know their motive, then I can position things the way I want to so that I can get my way too with my own motivation, right? So because of that, it's, which is really tough to figure out, company A versus company B. But the reason why we're different is, one, we don't, as I mentioned, we don't have a salesperson uh, on our staff. I'm the only one. So naturally, yeah, I want to make money because we're in the business of making money, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, the reason why we're different is the fact that I'm not out there just to sell because I'm an engineer. I want to solve problems. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not out there to just shove, you know, oh, yeah, you need SEO, you need a new website and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm trying to find the right solution for you so that, one, you stay with us and because you're happy and because you want to, it's not because... I did A, B, C and this and that. So like perfect example would be I was working on one of my clients um, uh, website slash uh, email this morning and one of my employees found out that because his email just went down because we launched a new website and everything was good. And then we, when we, as soon as we launched a new website, his email wasn't working properly, even though we didn't touch it, we didn't do anything weird with his um, domain slash DNS. It turns out that his previous company did something quote-unquote shady, made things a little more complicated. So his emails were being routed to their server first and then it goes to the server on the GoDaddy side of things, right? So Mm -hmm. in what you should have done is just keep it at GoDaddy so that it stays clear, but they wanted to have that stickiness so that they can control things, uh, which was totally unnecessary, but that's something they decided to do. So you're not going to get those type of shadiness or you know, we really look out for our clients and their best interests because ultimately we want our clients to be happy so they can back, come back to us with a renewal. And that's what I really want to go after. And that's what we really celebrate.
0: We get it, Young. We've already signed the contract to work with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: but that's six months uh, contract uh, <laughs> for negotiations happening soon. So we're going to stay on time.
1: So on that, like we've had a couple of digital marketing companies that they've they've been great and done some good work, but there's so many out there and there's so many that do quote unquote shady things, right? Mm. You hear the stories, um, like things just stop working or you think you own all this stuff and then you don't and it disappears. And like, there's just nightmare scenarios. So do you have a, like, what are some good questions that a small business owner should ask someone like yourself to make sure that those things don't happen? Or like, what are some things to look at? We just talked about, I understood, like, most of what you were talking about with the mm-hmm. email situation. But are, is there, th- like, red flags? Like, what? Are there any red flags to watch out for?
2: Um, similar to what I was saying earlier about, you know, people that you're interacting with, do they really care about you or do they care about your marketing dollars? Right. Right. Um, and are they more of a short-term thinker or are they long-term thinkers? Mm-hmm. Because the level of question they ask would be very different yeah. from the people they're interacting with, like, from that perspective. So I would say, you know, people who, and as a business owner, of course, like the reason you want to hire someone is because you don't know anything about that particular topic and you don't have a time to learn yourself. Right. I get it. If that's the case, then um, do just enough research to know some of the buzzwords. So you don't get too hung up on those buzzwords for one, because, you know, let's face it, the people who are selling these products and services and they just wanted to make the sale, but then chances are they're not going to deep, that much deeper into that topic. So they're just going to use the buzzwords only, right? Right. Cloud this, cloud that, and and yada, 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 right? So, you know, as long as you know how to decipher some of those things, it helps. Mm -hmm. And then I would say second thing would be just understand the people that you're working with or interacting with, you know, Mm -hmm. do they really care about what I do as a business owner and do they really care about how this will or whatever they're doing will generate the leads that the companies are needing um, because that's how they will grow, um, yeah. so understanding some of those questions, so you know, with what type of question they're really asking is what I would say.
1: That's such great insight for, you know, hiring anyone really or any relationship is really thinking about what kind of questions, paying attention to what kind of questions. Are you, because sometimes we you're in meetings and people are using all these buzzwords and talking about me, me, me. But mm-hmm. if they're not talking about you, 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 that says something, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah and then sometimes they overuse those terms and and make things overly complicated just to make the sale and you just that's the reason why you have to know a little bit you have to educate yourself a little mm-hmm. bit so that you can speak the similar language as them.
1: Yeah.
0: It's been so interesting cuz it because it kind of uh spans two topics that we've been talking about your team and this expertise and just I mean your strategy of how you're communicating with going after new clients and the experience of working with you and Colin, I guess in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I mean, one of the rewarding parts of doing what we do, I'd say is seeing people be in a space that we provide that love what they do. Mm -hmm. And it was so much easier to just, uh, be able to trust you without you having to say, trust me, because I could get that feel from somebody that was working with you every day. Right. And, uh, it goes to how you sell things, how you communicate things. But I think a part of that is coming across is that culture that you've built of just, I, I would guess, I don't want to put words in Colin's mouth, but I mean, I guess he loves doing what he does and shows mm-hmm. up here because of that every day that energy comes out when we're having a communication about uh, marketing for Max six. It has nothing to do with, uh, you know, why he necessarily gets up out of bed every morning. He's not thinking about Max six specifically, i guess, but uh, that really did come across.
2: Well, that's great to hear. I, uh, you know, sometimes like uh, you end up drinking your own Kool-Aid, <laughs> so you think that you're doing the right thing. But I appreciate the feedback because uh, I sometimes uh, do question myself, like, am I doing the right thing or am I asking the right question to my clients? And does it really come across as someone that I really care about those things, right? Because there's a few times where I had to make uh, tough decisions where mm-hmm. client wasn't all that happy and... But I know for fact that client is wrong,
0: right? Because if they
2: <laughs> they are flat out wrong, and they're being unfair about it. But even then, I, I you know trying to do the right thing, and I let go of uh, quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't cash the check, even though they sent us the check. I told them I'm not going to cash it for those reasons. Um, so you know, getting those doing the right thing is really hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're trying to build a company culture, and I want to let my team know that this is the reason why we're doing it. And here's the reason why we are letting things go. You know, sometimes it's hard, but, you know, once they get it, um, like I was saying earlier, you know, you end up be passionate about what you do, and then they really do give a shit. And that makes a big
1: difference. Yeah. And that's like the, the long term perspective that you have to right? like, in the short term, this is a really hard, difficult situation, like as a business owner, not cashing a check is a Really hard. Oh yeah, I still think about it. <laughs> thing not to do, but for the long term and the greater good, and you know your employees are always watching, right? So if you say you have this culture, you have these values, it's it's what you do in those hard moments that really show, and I'm sure we will we'll return tenfold. That's right. In the amount of that check, that's, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Report back in maybe a couple of years. We'll we'll see.
0: So. What, uh, return tenfold, and there's a future for, you've learned so much, you're growing as a company. Um, I guess the two ends of that I'm curious about are, um, where are you heading as a business? And maybe answer that. And then my other question, though, is if you were looking at uh, Young 2.0, Young Buck, trying to start out a company, what advice might you give somebody who's just starting? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. Great questions. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I would say for Ladder Hub twenty twenty. So you know we did have a really great plan starting uh, twenty twenty. Um, unfortunately, yeah, we uh, just like everyone didn't we else. All? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> everything changed and, and a, a lot. But that being said, I would say the you know we really wanted to focus on um, this community. Meaning, one reason or another, we don't have a whole lot of clients in state of Arizona. Like, all of our clients are, like, all over the U.S. So, like, we have our clients in Seattle, Atlanta, Georgia, a ton of them, and all over the um, uh, Texas as well. But we don't have only, like, less than a handful in state of Arizona. So I wanted to focus a little more on Arizona, uh, which is the reason why I thought this was a great opportunity because it's something that I've just never been in part of, like, you know, city of Tempe and, and everything mm-hmm. else. So um, so I think that that's going to be continue to be our goal for 2020 remaining of a uh, second half of 2020 will be that you know focus more on the state that we live in for one and then continue to focus on the two verticals that we're going after which is healthcare and legal and we do really well in that regards or in those two verticals and we will probably uh, continue to focus in those areas um, the other question was
0: new entrepreneurs oh, yeah. thinking about doing this what, yeah, what so, advice might you have
2: um, so a couple of things I learned, which I kind of shared earlier, which is like the people, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then the other part of it to me was thinking a little more um, positive, uh, meaning, you know, something. Yeah, yet and again the the cliche thing where thinking positivity mm-hmm. is uh, very. I mean, there's a book about it. There's seminars and there's all kinds of stuff, but. Common sense tell you that, yes, that's easy and sure, of course, you've got to think positive, right? Like uh, uh, nothing bad is going to happen and everything is good will happen. Um, but as a business owner, I realized that, especially as in someone like myself who used to be an engineer, so I'm always trying to break things down as to why something will break or not work and yada, yada, yada. So I'm naturally a very pessimistic. I'm not an optimistic person whatsoever. But over the course of a 2019, I would say I changed quite a bit uh, from that perspective. Mm-hmm. So I became very like positive thinking and the, especially the areas where I just have no control over. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about it because I know good things will happen no matter what. Because um, I've done really well and we have done really well and it's going to continue to go that direction. So mm-hmm. I stopped thinking, I guess I would you know, do definitely less of uh, breaking things down and trying to overanalyze the situation and trying to believe a little more as to, like, some of the positive things will happen. And, and even this year, like, I was in a um, really difficult situation company-wise back in March, as well as the, the, some of the consequence events that happened thereafter with some of our clients and um, some of the legal issues and those things, and everything worked out positively. And hmm. I knew that it's going to happen. Um, sure, I was stressed and everything else, but I didn't have to drink too much. So a <laughs> <positive>
1: thing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it, I think it's just maintaining that, for me at least, it's maintaining that belief, you know. But mm-hmm. my favorite saying, one of my favorite sayings is, everything will be okay in the end. If it's yeah. not okay, it's not the end, right? It's just another door. Um, but that's what I find about a lot of leaders and business owners is you have to have this positive Optimism. You have to believe that something good's going to come out of it. Otherwise, what's the point? in the day to day and all of the responsibility of being a business owner can become overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so you're so impressive to me of just, you know. I I recognized I was going through this and then I just thought about it and changed my mindset. Like, if you could bottle that, that's your next billion dollar idea because (laughs) so many people work and work and struggle and struggle. And
2: unfortunately, it's, uh, you know, like a lot of the lesson learned moments for me, I don't think, so I read a ton of books, right? Like those self-improvements, business books and what have you. I just always read those uh, nonfiction books, but it's a one thing to read it and take away a few things from those books, it's another thing to live through it and learn it. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. like, even if I go back and say, you know, as I'm just like filing for that LLC paperwork and what have you, even if I told myself, go back in time and tell myself like, hey, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> this is what you need to realize and yada yada. I would have just said, Pfft, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, right. right. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Like I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it, right? Like I, I just don't think that I'm gonna get it unless I'm faced with it
0: and live through it. It's it's not so much of a joke that this is the most expensive kind of MBA that you could get. Oh it's- my gosh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> sadly I have an MBA, but it's <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it's so true. You have to go through it to get you know, to learn. And, and sometimes there's some pain that has to come along with it because um, yeah. for it to really stick. So yeah. But it's, it's so worth journey. it though. Yeah, it definitely, definitely is. Oh, I had a good question for you. Oh, what is your favorite book? Or what have you, what have you been reading recently?
2: Recently, I did not. Um, So I think I shared this with you, <laughs> uh, either with Scott or you, and that, Um, Every time, past couple months, every time I open a book, uh, my mind is going somewhere else. Oh
1: yeah, you did say that. Yeah,
2: so I could not, um, I could not really like sit there and I finish a book. So I purposely told myself like, you know what, like just take it easy. So I've been Netflixing a lot. Mm. (laughs) So I've been watching, like catching up on a lot of the shows and Disney Plus on some of those uh, TV shows that they just released on Star Wars and and so on. So Mm -hmm. I've been doing that more of, less reading.
1: Interesting. I've been doing the same thing. I've been listening to more podcasts. Like every Mm. time I go to a book, my brain goes away, but I can listen to podcasts. I've gotten into more of those Mm. probably for same similar reasons. Yeah.
0: It's interesting as I go through stages of what type of reading, fiction, nonfiction. When I'm going fiction, I'll almost get these bigger insights sometimes of this conceptual idea. Oh, "Oh." you know, it, it never could have been written in a way in a nonfiction business book that I would have taken down as a tactical way to do something. But it's interesting going back and forth and seeing like, all right, tactics and then like concepts that you just don't even think about between how we interact with each other and like character development or any of this Mm -hmm. stuff that, it is interesting. Yeah.
2: So now that I know a little bit about you, Kyle, from these uh, classes uh, that we've been taking, like that makes sense to me because that will never happen for me.
1: <laughs> <I don't, laughs> Based on my personality. I, I'm glad it's not just me because I'm sitting here like, hmm, yeah. that doesn't happen for me. So I was trying to reference
2: the, which hat that was. I think it was a white hat, is it?
0: From Scott's uh, five, uh, six seven, hat.
1: six six uh, six six, hat. Yeah. Yeah. Six, yeah. Six hat, yeah, yeah. 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 Between
0: 5 and 7. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: so I have kind of a, a off-the-wall question for you. Um, what is one thing that people are surprised to learn about you that they wouldn't think?
2: Uh, probably because um, I would say um, I actually do have a little bit of personality. <laughs> They're uh,
1: surprised to know that?
2: Well, because I mean, was, so this happens more on the corporate side of the world. Mm-hmm. So where I come across as very cold and... Um I got once pulled into an HR because I didn't react. Like I had a, too much of a poker face in the oh. meeting and because of a couple of my employees are complaining about certain things. Oh and I didn't react the way they thought I would react. Hmm. So they went to HR about it. And then even the director of <laughs> HR was laughing at me for it. was like, dude, you're you're put that poker face down. Be a human.
1: <laughs> Show um, some emotion. That's right. Yeah.
2: Um but I I would say that would be the probably the uh, the main thing that a lot of people say. It's like, hey, he's not that bad.
1: Yeah, I can relate. Sometimes people when they first meet me say I'm unapproachable and I think it's a similar thing. Like yeah. I have a goal in mind. I'm walking for a place. I don't really stop and chat. And no, I'm nice. It was a, you just have to get my attention.
0: It was a realization I had just in the last year is that this, my face I'm circling, is not portraying what's going on inside.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: I thought, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. And then you could say all these things, but yeah. everyone all of a sudden is telling me, no, you have a poker face that I had no idea I had. And mm-hmm. I should have been playing poker all this time or something. <laughs> but uh no, I'm sure you've seen where it's become uh, an advantage to be able to share that with people in times or not if it's yeah. appropriate. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, so I sometimes use that in both sense. So in the business world it helps when negotiating so I don't react to anything so it's tough for them to read what's going on in my <laughs> head and
1: um
2: in in uh one-on-one employee employer uh manager type of situation I sometimes now trying to be a little more not emotional but a little more um dramatic about things and trying to exaggerate a little bit um just so that they know what's going on otherwise like with my current employee because they know me so well so I can be a little more human if you will
1: sure yeah yeah. For like Kyle. So he had this, he really, he really, I think maybe still believes it. Am like I
0: smiling right now? Yeah, I'm yeah. happy. <laughs> that his
1: emotions are all over him. So, but as his employee, you know, I would be sharing something and he wouldn't have a reaction. And so my interpretation and what I told myself is, oh, he just doesn't care about that. And that was not at all the case. Like he had all sorts of caring and thoughts and feelings inside. Um, So it was a great, I don't know, revelation for both of us to realize, like, oh, he really has been caring. He's just forgot to smile or <laughs> show the emotion, but
0: good. I think we're about wrapped up. But Yang, uh, is would you like to share how we can find you, Rev77, online, whether it's social or website or any of that?
2: Yeah. So, the digital company that we are, if you just type in Rev77, R E V 7 7, uh, you'll find us. But our web, uh, our homepage is at rev77.com.
0: Great. Okay, well, thank you, Yang, for being on the show today and a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, until next time, we're off to continue building better communities where purpose and profit unite. And thank you for being an awesome part of the community. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mac 6 Community Connection radio show and podcast with your hosts, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. We are off to continue building better communities where people and businesses thrive and telling the stories of capitalism as a force for good through the businesses that we serve. To be a part of the conversation, join us for a tour of the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, or find us at max6.com.